We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Mandak, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, the latest on K-State Athletics. Back in with another Three Maw. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young from KSO, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. This time, uh, talking football. We've got some coaching news. Unfortunately, K-State will be in the market for a new wide receivers coach, and uh, the 2023 schedule is released. And uh, there's a lot of very interesting nuggets to pick apart as far as the schedule is concerned. As always, uh, this fall, we know that when you'll be out at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, you're going to need a little juice for your tailgate. Make sure and get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon. From our friends at Holiday Distillery, great K-State folks who support our pod, so please uh, do your best to support them as well and uh, get stocked up for your, your tailgates during football season and uh, however it is that you uh, you pregame for some hoops as we got plenty of K-State basketball and good K-State basketball coming up the rest of the way. Okay, here is the football schedule. I'll just uh, go ahead and read it game by game before we dive into it head first. In case out there you have not seen this yet or you want a refresher, K-State starts off the year with Southeast Missouri and Troy back-to-back at home. They go to Missouri on September 16th. And then the Big 12 opener is going to be hosting UCF. So uh, K-State will be uh, the hosts for the first time, the Big 12 to uh, UCF. Now, of course, K-State did play that game back in, what, 2010? Carson Kaufman, shout out Carson Kaufman against UCF, but uh, it's been a minute since they have been in town. Then a Friday game on the road at Oklahoma State coming off of a bye week. Uh, then K-State will have eight days to prepare for a road trip to Lubbock. They host TCU in Houston back-to-back at home. They're at Texas on November 4th, hosting Baylor November 11th at KU on November 18th, and finishing the year on rivalry weekend with Iowa State and Farmageddon uh, on November 25th. So that's your schedule. Uh, I'll just leave it to you guys. DY, your your instant takeaways and analysis from a schedule here that does not include Oklahoma and has uh, UCF and Houston as the newcomers. Uh, my first reaction probably was unimpressive home schedule. It was pretty weak. And then it was, I know we kind of talked this out, and then it was kind of deflating because I thought about it. And it's like what a normal home schedule will be 
without Texas and Oklahoma. So it's like you, you kind of got to get used to this and feel like this is a cool schedule. You still get TCU, Baylor, and Iowa State at home, but it still felt a little empty. So one's going to get some to taking to get used to to this kind of schedule because it's kind of the norm going forward. And two, it was just like I guess a gentle reminder that um, there's going to you're going to have to conjure up some. I guess a little bit of excitement that you might have to manufacture uh, to get pumped for a home schedule, just because there's not going to be that signature Texas or Oklahoma that you kind of look to on a normal basis that kind of get everyone's eyeballs and attention. And I mean, there's a reason why, you know, not just Kansas State, the, the Baylors, the Iowa States, the Oklahoma States and, and the KUs and in the, in the Iowa States of the world, they get up for Oklahoma and Texas. Those are the, you know, for lack of a better term, the, the breadwinners of the league, um, not that Texas has really won anything, but at least the money makers of the league, right? Um, and you're not going to have that on the schedule. So it just makes it seem a little bit, a lot more, actually, a lot more dull than usual. So I, it was startling at first because I was like, ah, this, well, this home schedule is not, not very good. And then it was kind of sobering to consider that this is probably the new reality, as you told me, Kurt, in a, in a message that you sent me. Um, so it's going to get some to take and get used to. Um, there's a Friday night game. I'm sure we'll, we can touch on all these little things that I'm going to probably bring up all in, in isolation, but a Friday night game is really weird. And, and maybe that's something that they're going to have to kind of get used to as well, because you're going to have to find um, different windows probably to, I guess, enhance your, your, your reach and your audience and your television reading as much as possible. And potentially that means a Friday night game. I mean, the big tens played on Friday nights for years already. So Kansas State has to go to Stillwater on a Friday night. Um, I, th I think it's interesting that after the October 14th game in Lubbock, Kansas State only leaves the state of Kansas one time. Um, and, and I think that's to play Texas and Austin. Um, the other road game after October 14th is it's against KU. Plus, you, you get you got to go to Missouri this year, so you just you don't you rarely leave the Kansas Missouri general region um, in this particular schedule. So there's just not a lot of juice to it. I I actually had more takeaways from other people's schedule. I think that than Kansas State's. I also don't love the bye being so early. I mean, you play one league game, bang, bye. Now you got eight straight games without a bye. Don't love that for Kansas State perspective. Um, and for all the people that gripe, I I, I still don't get it about not opening up ever at home in the big 12 this year you get to you get to play UCF. Yeah. I mean, I would echo a lot of what you said, DY, the, the home schedule is a little bit underwhelming. Uh, honestly, I would love if it, the, the thing I would love the most is if Oklahoma was coming to Manhattan in case they didn't have to go to Texas. Right. Like I would have killed for that home road swap and had to OU in Manhattan with the chance to beat them four times in five years and not have to go to what will be a talented Texas team. Uh, the road schedule is pretty difficult. I mean, Texas Tech's going to be really good. Uh, KU should be solid. And then obviously Texas should be good. So those are three tough road games. I think Oklahoma State will actually be the easiest road game. I think they'll be down. Now the Friday night thing will be weird. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, And then the Missouri game and the non-con, which we had already known about being on the road, that, that'll be an interesting matchup as well. But at the end of the day, I think K-State goes 7-0 and at home. And that's an important thing. I mean, I, I look at that schedule and I feel pretty good about K-State's chances to go unbeaten in Manhattan. So I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but, uh, you know, to be able to do that would put yourself in a pretty good position to where if you steal a couple on the road, you're talking about a nine and three, potentially 10 and two type season. And, and when I looked at that schedule, I, I kind of came away thinking, 
Uh, I think K-State's going to go nine and three. So that's just my early prediction when I look at it. But uh, like you, I don't like where the buy falls uh, early on, but I guess it's better than right after the non-con, which uh, has happened before as well. And then you got to play nine straight big 12 games. So yeah, I'm still excited about it, but yeah, TCU is going to be your toughest uh, big 12 opponent in Manhattan and uh, we'll see where they're ranked, but that's going to be the one that's the biggest draw probably. I'm shorter than you on the quantity point, but that has more to do with having to play eight Big 12 games in a row without a buy. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm with Cole. Every opportunity is going to be there to go 7-0 at home. I will also point out, I mean, like Troy, I've already seen it some preseason top 25s. So that's not going to be an easy game in, in week two. And we, we know how this past year went against Tulane. So you this, do have to how about the Sun Belt in general, Tulane and Arkansas State, right? So. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Um, well, Tulane's AAC, right? My bad. Yeah. Plenty of reason to to have some concern about that game. Um, and TCU should be a big game. I mean, we'll see. I guess it'll it'll depend on what exactly the the frogs are going to be. But that could, if, if if it plays out anywhere near what last year was, I mean, that could help add some real juice to the the home schedule. But TCU and TCU and Baylor, I guess th- those two teams are kind of teams that I say could win five or six games or could win 10 or 11. I don't know what to think of either. I mean, Baylor, it's going to depend on what they get from the quarterback position because I feel pretty good about what they can do just about everywhere else. But quarterbacks, really important. And then TCU, it's just like, man, it's so tough because they're going to be – first, they're, they're losing more production than anyone probably. Um, also have to replace quarterback. And, and two, this is like they, they're going to count on so many transfers that – that might be really, really good. They were really highly rated recruits that went to really, really good programs, right? But none of them, like, played last year. So I don't know what to think of them. Well, Iowa State could also add some juice if they decide to win more than four games this year. Uh, that, that at the end of the year, could could be something that adds some some excitement to the home schedule as well. Probably, probably playing them uh, at the wrong time. Yeah. I think in terms of the overall schedule – at least having the game at Missouri kind of spices it up more for me, makes it more interesting. So I guess DY to kind of address a more global point that you were making about, Hey, this, this being the new reality and this is what schedules are going to look like from here forward. K-State has done a good job with getting, you know, schools like Colorado and Nebraska, et cetera, on the, the future schedules. But um, I think you need to continue that. I think that's something that's become obvious to me looking at the schedule now is like, you already have been aiming for one power five opponent in the non-conference every single offseason moving forward, but it just accentuates the need for that. And especially if you can do these regional rivalries that mean something else to you really adds a nice extra, extra layer to the season now that the conference has changed a little bit. I would agree with that. Um, the only thing I would add would be, and I think John Curry, if I remember scheduled a lot of these games, but you have four games coming up with Washington state and Rutgers. So Oh my God! I forget Rutgers is on the schedule. I forgot in Washington that. State and Arizona. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curry scheduled out to 2032, so he's uh, he's got thing. He locked things up about 17 years out. That's great. Yeah, maybe we can buy out of that Rutgers trip. So I was gonna say, I mean, I, we can get out of some of those, right? Uh, Bill Bill had to get his work his way out of what did they have like an Oregon trip coming up that Prince is scheduled? Virginia Tech, Oregon, uh, Miami, Auburn. That uh, Ron Prince had scheduled all of those, and they got out of the Vatech and the Oregon one, and and maybe one other that I'm not not thinking of. So, I mean, the one thing I will say, John, you know, and and Dy obviously as well is. Uh, 
couple very easy road trips to get to with Columbia and KU. So I'm looking forward to, to making those trips. Well, I don't know how excited I am to go to Columbia, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, look, I'm excited to go. I mean, just, just to, for the, for the, for old time's sake, you know? Yeah. Good memories there. I was there in 2002, drilled them 38 to nothing. Newman had a punt return touchdown. Uh, I was there in, in 04, which was a bad K-State team, but they, they found a way to come back. They were down like three touchdowns and came back and won that game. Yeah. And I mean, from a fan experience perspective, if you're a K-State fan, you get one more return trip to Austin, right? Which is often a very popular, fun trip. So I'm sure a lot of K-State fans will take advantage of it. Uh, my wife has already talked about uh, making that trip as well. So maybe I'll be at three road games this year and hopefully it's a better experience than my Fort Worth one. I mean, you can go to every home game or every game. I can be Robert soon, guys. I'm going to start my streak at uh, the age. You just got to go to Lubbock and Stillwater and you got them all. Yeah. Well, that Friday night, I don't know. You rarely went to Lubbock even when you worked. (laughs) I always got out of the Lubbock trip. I always did. And that's not not a knock on Lubbock. It's just I didn't want to have to drive. Yeah, it's so so brutally far. Lubbock is actually a fun – it can be a fun place if you know where to go. Uh, You can go to Stillwater for a Friday night, you know. You work from home, so. Well, but I got to do my Friday Night Lights coverage for KSO, you know, go to Olathe the South games or something for you. Take notes, scout. Yeah, Tell so you Jordan you know, Allen's good at football. You can uh, – oh, maybe you can go to the uh, game in Oklahoma on Friday night because they always recruit Oklahoma. Well, all right. Yeah, I mean, well, to me, the the, the most disappointing aspects of the schedule to me are, one, not having Oklahoma. Definitely wanted one last shot at Oklahoma. Would have preferred that 100 times over Texas. Um, but, I mean, hey, maybe I guess the flip side of that coin is maybe it would if you can beat Texas, that would be really sweet on the way out the door to do that, especially as little success as K-State has had against them since 2016. The other the other disappointment to me was like, I don't know, it would have been cool to make a, a road trip to one of the new places, particularly BYU. I, I definitely want a, a BYU road trip here. Um, and the bounce house at UCF, honestly, I would be very interested in, in checking out as well. I don't, You know, I mean, Houston, no offense. I, I can do without that. Cincinnati would be all right, but definitely one of those other two would have been cool to see. Yeah, I think uh... – think you'll probably get a chunk of those in 2024 from the sound of it look even if texas and oklahoma for for i don't i'm not projecting this i'm i don't expect this but let's say hypothetically that they are they do stick around for even one more season in 2024 i don't think oklahoma's coming to manhattan that year either from what it sounds like well look you look at oklahoma's schedule they got a you know, about as easy of a schedule as they could have dreamed for. And so maybe Kansas State can get good old Lindsay in the Big 12 championship and uh, yeah, Jerry World. They, they go to BYU. The interesting thing is Oklahoma does go to BYU and Cincinnati, and Texas goes to Houston. I love I love that they made Texas go to Houston. I, I do love that because I would imagine that would be the, the game that they wanted the least. And, and how about those – can I say the B word? I don't – how about those? You know what's uh, not? They were the only schools in the league that didn't put out like an actual schedule graphic. They just retweeted the Big Twelve release with the schedule. Clearly, sour grapes about having to go play these games against the new teams. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't think it's been any secret that they have not wanted to do that. I don't know how legitimately they thought the chance was going to be that they would be able to actually dodge playing those teams, but. Um, here we are. They're they're pouting and throwing a fit here because they can't. I mean, look, if Oklahoma had the the actual money, if Oklahoma wasn't broke, then uh, maybe they could have just written those checks and and have been gone already. So 
man. Uh, that's part they of the money, part, Oklahoma. That's part of it. The other part is it's like if these teams are so beneath you, right? Um, how it show up in Arlington every now and then, especially Texas. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I can't say that too too loudly to Oklahoma, but uh, Texas for sure. Well, yeah, but but it'll be three years since they've made it. It, it it didn't make a lot of sense to me that OU and Texas didn't want to play the new schools. And, and this isn't no offense to the new schools, but they're making things harder on themselves if they got that right. I mean, you would think they would rather play a Houston versus a, you know, Kansas state or one of the legacy schools in the big 12, uh, depending on the matchup. So I thought it was a little bizarre that they were fighting back on that. Obviously that was a large portion of why this schedule release was so delayed. It was Oklahoma and Texas causing headaches behind the scenes. So I'm, um- my guess is, is it's more of them focusing on the negative of it rather than the positive because Texas's ego will not be able to handle losing at Houston. I, I mean, I, if there's one game outside of a K-State game that I want to see happen this year, that, that, would, that would probably be it. I would love to see love to see Houston beat Texas this year. Love it. Uh, any Any last thoughts on the schedule before we move forward? No, I just uh... – It'll be – guess they can start off pretty well, right? I don't know if we started about that. If they think you take care of business in the non-con, you're 3-0. You, know, you, you should probably take care of business, beat UCF home, you're 4-0. No. Then you have Oklahoma State on the road, which we think is a, a winnable game. I mean, there's a path conceivable. You're 5-0 no, headed to Lubbock. Yes, but I, that, the non-con is tricky, man. The non-con is tricky. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a tricky, but that's why I said take care of business at home. And win in Missouri, and you kind of feel good. I trust me, I get it. And I still, I still have a hard time coming around to the idea of playing on a Friday night. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. John, are you, John, are you more concerned about Troy or, or Missouri? Probably Troy. <laughs> Probably Troy. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you look at what Chris Kleiman's done, um, he's lost to two group of five teams in the non-con um, and lost to Navy in a bowl game. And, but I do not believe he's lost to a power five team in the non-con yet. Hmm. It's not going it, to that, – that's actually a good point. Uh, I think he's 3-0 and against power five, Stanford, uh, Missouri – Mississippi State, um, and maybe I'm missing one other, uh, but uh, it's a good point. I, uh, I, no, I'm not. not I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen again. I don't think another group of five is going to come into Manhattan and and they see that Troy finished last year ranked, and if they're in the preseason top twenty five or getting votes, I think K State will be pretty locked in, focused on that. So uh, I, I think they'll win. I got K State three and zero in the non con. I can tell you this much: I am. I didn't even know who his name was until I looked it up a second ago, but I, I fear John Sumrall, the head coach at Troy, more than I do Eli Drinkwitz uh, in, a, in a football game. Name of American football. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe Drinkwitz can coach some soccer better, some football better. But if we're talking American football, don't fear that guy as much as the head coach at Troy. Neil Brown's successor down there at Troy, right? So I oh, assume yeah. I assume he inherited that program, or maybe they've gone through a couple coaches. I need to research my Sun Belt. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I don't know more about him, but I'll find out. Well, even then, Diet Neil Brown. I would absolutely be more scared of Diet Neil Brown than I would Eli. <laughs> um, unfortunately, K-State's in the market for a new wide receivers coach. Uh, Thad Ward headed back to Illinois, where he's been before. Um, he's been at a couple stops in the state of Illinois. He's going to coach running backs for for Brett Bielema. Uh, man, that stings. That stings. I think that Ward had done a really nice job on the recruiting trail. And uh, we saw great development from the receivers, particularly like a Cade Warner and Malik Knowles this year. What they were able to do on the field uh, was was very impressive. So I guess the first question, D.Y., that I've seen from a lot of folks, and I kind of have this, but I know – what you're going to say for the answer here. So I was clued into some of the reasoning, but the people's initial reaction will be like, Illinois, like what, what why, why Illinois uh, for Thad Ward here? And then turn it into, I mean, is this an issue of K-State not paying these guys enough? Because we haven't seen raises announced, right? I don't, so th- there are a couple things going on here, right? You knew you were going to have to up the pay for for some of these guys to keep them around, but is, is Illinois, should we be disappointed by losing somebody to Illinois? No, I don't think so. I'd love to know with 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt if financials kind of played a role. My guess is probably not. It is interesting, but we're still kind of waiting on uh, some of these extensions and raises for the football side of things uh, and and that it hasn't arrived yet. We've seen, you know, most teams have, have, if they had something to take care of in that department, have already done it by now. So um, interesting that that hasn't unfolded, but there's a part of me that doesn't necessarily believe the financials necess- really played a role. Um, I think it, like this is what you were probably alluding to. I think it was about going home for that word. I mean, even the tweets that he's kind of rattled off since kind of shows you that he was a, 
homesick of sorts and, and kind of itching to get back to Illinois. I mean, he's so so. My my question here is because I was looking into his bio. Like, he, I mean, he's not from Illinois. Yeah, I mean, but he considers that. I mean, I think he spent a lot of time there, so I think he just considers that to okay. to be to be where home is. I mean. I, I still call Ohio home, but I've lived in other places almost as long as Ohio now. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it just wasn't where he grew up. That's where yeah. I, I was. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I understand I that. Yeah. Yeah. But he had that whole Liddyville thing when he worked for, um, I forget who was the head coach at Illinois at the time when he worked at Illinois. So he, he really embraced it and got kind of embedded there when he coached at Illinois before too. Yeah. Which I saw, he said Liddy Bill's dead in his press conference yesterday to the media. So, uh, I mean, it's a bummer because K-State's wide receiver recruiting had just started to get elevated for the first time in quite some time. And you liked what Thad Ward had brought to the table. And obviously guys like Malik Knowles and Cade Warner and Phillip Brooks had career years this year. Now, whether that's a large credit to Thad Ward or Colin Klein or the play calling or just them developing more. I don't know, um, but K-State landed a pretty good wide receiving haul, including Keegan Johnson in the transfer portal, and hopefully those guys are still okay uh, I mean, with, with what's transpired. And obviously they're all signed or most of them are enrolled already as well, but uh, you want those guys to be happy, so you want to make sure that you, uh, you find the right fit that they're comfortable with as well, and, and I'm sure Chris Kleiman will. But uh, that, that's been a revolving position, that wide receiver coach in the Chris Kleiman era. So I think they've what had three different wide receiver coaches. This will be the fourth because it started out with Messingham and then they moved Jason Ray from, or it started out with Jason Ray and then they moved Messingham and now they've got Thad Ward. And then now this will be the fourth. So. Yeah. I was just looking at his bio. He's coached in the, in the state of Illinois for 13 different seasons. I guess maybe that's where stems from uh, Kansas State definitely I'm not really concerned about anybody that they just signed I mean four of the five are already on campus and enrolled I mean Jace Brown's on campus Keegan Johnson's on campus Andre Davis is on campus and Wesley Watson's on campus the only one that isn't is Trace Bybee so yeah there I'm yeah no problems on my end I haven't I mean I don't know if I would have heard of it by now if there was a problem but I I, I guess it's bears noting that I haven't heard anything that that would sound in the alarm bells at this point. I was just surprised the timing DY because I, I thought we were in the clear from coaching changes at this point. Doesn't that usually happen right after the coaching convention in earlier January, mid January? Yeah. I mean, the coaching convention was what three weeks ago. So maybe we're still in that. I mean, right. I guess I'm a little surprised too, that there's that like there was a school out there was still like a vacancy spot, vacant spot on February 1st. To, to, to fill it with that ward. Like, what, how long has Illinois not had a receiver coach? I mean, their season ended, what, in the end of November? Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts. I mean, one, if this is going to be it, as far as losing coaches off of a Big 12 title team, you know, after all the speculation out there, uh, you know, you got KU Twitter trying to will Chris Kleiman to Nebraska and, you know, Colin Klein and Joe Klein, I mean, guys that have phenomenal seasons. If this is going to be it, I like, that's, that's honestly – it could be a lot worse. Uh, certainly could be a lot worse. And climate has done a good job. I think for the most part hiring uh, that there seemingly were some dead spots on the initial staff, but he's lately, he's been really, you know, hiring Tremaine Carroll as a strength and conditioning coach. One of the things that really laid the foundation for everything, making the move to elevate Colin Klein and getting rid of Courtney Messingham, finding Thad Ward, who then turned into a really good receivers coach for a year. 
uh, for K-State right now. And now, I mean, Chris Kleiman's going with more ammunition to pull in somebody than he's ever had, being the defending Big 12 champs and an offense that is revamped and a quarterback and wide receiver room that are both much better than what they've been at any point when he's been shopping around for a coach here. So I guess my point there would be I I have some optimism for, for who K-State is going to pull in here. Um, I know people will bring up names, D.Y., like, a, like Stanton Weber, um, who just took a job, a full-time assistant job at Toledo after he had been working at, uh, at South Carolina. Yeah. I mean like Cody cooks, a former receiver who's at Tennessee as like an assistant receivers coach right now, but has only been there for a year. Um, Jake waters. I've seen his name thrown out. He's been, he was like an analyst at Iowa state or quality control, maybe at Iowa state. Um, so there are some guys with K state ties, but I, my opinion here would be, I mean, just go, just go find the best guy. Um, I don't know that you need to get, too tied into having somebody with with ties here and i guess the other one i've seen is like i don't where's michael smith at these days i mean i saw a lot of the older generation like yeah. that up. I, like guys no, nothing against michael smith we've been there done that like it's you know let let climbing go make his hire and i think he will and, and he'll find his dude yeah there's cody cook there's jake waters there's uh stan weber michael smith Andre no. Coleman, but <laughs> so obviously there's some lo- there's some low hanging K State fruit there for people. Uh, I would be surprised, maybe a little stunned if it's any of those five. If if it is any of those five, I almost think Stan Weber would probably be the most likely, just because he's probably the most qualified of the five at this point because he's been around college football for much longer. But I don't think it'll be any of those five. If there's someone with a little bit of Kansas State connection that gets the job. It wouldn't stun me if it was Scotty O'Hara, who is currently, I think, at UTEP under Dana Dimmel. And he was a GA at Kansas State, left. He's been at UTEP for a handful of years now with Dimmel. And he was really well thought of when he was a GA at Kansas State. And I think that's why Dana immediately hired him when he got the UTEP job. Uh, I think he's really probably taken on a lot more responsibility in the last couple of years with the UTEP offense as well. So, um and it's probably an interesting dichotomy to kind of match with Colin Klein's trying to do in Manhattan. So if there's anyone with a conceivable tie to Kansas State that gets this gig, um, I, I wouldn't doubt if it's actually Scotty O'Hara. But I do put Klein will open it up. Um, that board wasn't really, you know, someone that anyone was bantering about when he was hired. Um, I think it'll be O'Hara or, or someone that we just aren't really familiar with at this point. Yeah, uh, O'Hara, that's a really interesting name. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, obviously, we we all know Stanton, uh, really like Stanton, consider him a friend. Uh, very bright, intelligent guy who loves Kansas State. I mean, yeah, K-State offered him the job. I, I can't speak for Stan, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he would gladly take that. So we'll see what happens. But like UDY, the, the likelihood, if I were to bet on it, it'll be a name that's off the radar that isn't connected to Kansas State like that word was. So um We'll see how quickly they move on it, uh, but it'll be interesting to monitor. Yeah, I mean, the the Stanton thing is interesting. You know, the, the timing for him would be would be very interesting having just taken that job at, at Toledo. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, if that came around, he, he certainly would. And, look, I think Stanton's going to have a really long coaching career. He's, he's making his way up the ranks pretty well. South Carolina had really good special teams units, made some big plays uh, throughout the year, and obviously he had a huge, huge hand in that. So we'll see. Uh, you're right, D.Y. Scotty O'Hara. I know they loved him uh, when he was here. Loved him. Uh, so, okay. Different different regime at the time. So Yes, yeah. yes. Obviously, in the well, Bill Snyder era. Colin Klein was here, though, I think. So, maybe. 
There was probably overlap. Yeah, there there had to be. Well, uh, Scotty O'Hara, I think, was a was a GA when Klein was playing, like during his career, was he not? I feel like O'Hara was there for a long time. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think he's a guy with like a not. He didn't have like a football background, really, right? He was kind of a. I don't know. I just know that uh, they. He was very well respected because I talked to people when I first got to Manhattan. And I remember the job came up in a one-time. We're like, what about this guy? And now he was one of the names raised to me at that yeah. point. Um, I think it's just because it was a Bill Steiner connection. And obviously he wasn't straying too far to make hires. So that's why that made a lot of sense at the time. So, man, he might have he might have caught a time after Klein played and before Klein came back to coach, though. That, that, could, that could be uh, because I was I'm, I'm just talking out my rear end right now about all this, trying to piece little things together. But I do know they really liked him, really wanted to find a way to get him a full time job and obviously was able to get one when, when Dana left. Yes. Uh, OK, we'll keep you updated on what happens with uh, K-State situation and receiver coach, uh, everything going on with football and basketball. Quite obviously, make sure and get stocked up on your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Von Bourbon. Uh, and support Holiday Distillery because they support our pod. Thank you to Jed Marshall behind the scenes. Uh, for Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, I am John Kurtz. Thanks for listening to another Free Mile Pod. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.